0: For the Drives, top five at five. Quitting time on your Monday, five o'clock here on Fan Run Radio. Russell LeBear back with you. Marcus Young up next, your top five at five. Marcos, what do you got?
1: Thank you, Russell. At number one, the University of Tennessee provides an update regarding their baseball team. And the quote saying, we are pleased to announce that Coach uh, Tony Vitello has completed his three-game suspension. He will be back in the dugout leading our baseball team tomorrow. We are also thrilled that Maui Ahuna's eligibility has been reinstated. And he is available to join Tennessee's active roster effective immediately.
0: Well, it's about a week and a half later than we expected it to be. But finally, Tennessee baseball will have the full force of its roster and coaching options at its disposal. Starting tomorrow, Charleston Southern is in town for two games. Gonzaga coming in this weekend. Uh, So plenty of time here. Not not a lot of, not exactly a murderer's row of schedule coming up. And I think it's a a good opportunity for Tony and the gang to kind of buckle down, get out on the practice field, work, 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 play these games establish roles figure out who your guys are and hopefully this is all you know taken care of and ready to go a month from now when you head out to missouri to start sec play
1: at number two tennessee football lands a 2024 four-star wide receiver uh jj harrell out of mississippi the six foot 185 wide receiver out of Sardis, Mississippi, chooses the Vols over LSU, Georgia, Alabama, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State. I like that offer list, Russell.
0: Yeah.
2: That's stout. Those are the kinds of kids we need to be getting.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And um, this class, we, we talked about it before, I don't anticipate – a but, you know, maybe we, we might not sing, sign a single five star this year, but I think we signed like uh, 10 to 12 four stars in last year's class and the two five stars. Um, I think this year, like the, the goal should be how like how many four stars can you sign? Can you it should be the lion's share of your class. You know, can you sign over 15 uh, four star prospects? God, That'd be pretty, so. pretty strong. You're. You're off to a good start with four of them. You got Eccles. We'll see if they can hold on to him. Harrell, Caleb Beasley, and, and Marcus Gorey, all four-star players. Um, maybe Carson Gentle gets the bump up once his season gets going for Macaulay next year. But um, pretty good start to the class of 2024 for one Joshua Hypel
1: At number three, see if I can get away with this. The Nashville Predators' longtime general manager, David Poyle, is set to retire at the end of the season. Really? Retiring after 26 seasons with the club, the only general manager that the Nashville Predators have ever had. And to replace him will be the first-ever head coach and the winningest head coach in Nashville Predators history, Barry Trotz, will return really? and take over as the GM at the end wow. of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh what are you going to tell me next, that uh, Pecarina is going
0: to come over and charge of player development?
1: You never know. It's probably out there, possibility. Uh, possibility. Boyle, obviously, one of the things that's really cool about him is he's the only remaining GM in the league, uh, in league history, excuse me, to lead two separate franchises, the Predators and the Capitals, to over 1,000 games and 500 wins in each. One of the uh, winningest winningest GMs in the National Hockey League and he will help lead Barry Trotz into his first time as a general manager. I'm excited by this. I wanted to put this in here.
0: No, yeah, it's a somewhat interesting note. I had a chance to interview David Poyle a bunch of times back in the day. I was on a station here in knoxville that was carrying nashville predators hockey games on the radio for some reason and uh part of that deal was they like uh i had to do a bunch of hockey interviews and, and Poyle would come on a lot he was he was
1: good uh, and he was a fun guy to talk to yeah, he was really nice i watched the presser before coming into the show today uh, it was that sounds terribly boring it was actually a lot of fun i enjoyed it greatly uh number four brandon miller uh back in the news as he, I don't know if you've seen the start of the pregame rituals that some players have.
2: Yes, I'm familiar with the pregame rituals yeah.
1: that college basketball
2: players have, yes.
1: Brandon Miller has a pat down ritual. He has a teammate who will come up and pat him down. He's been doing it all season. Nate Oates said that he did not know that that was part of his pregame ritual and said it will no longer be happening. And he also took down his Twitter banner, which also had the pat down. Yeah, like I, I noticed
2: that last night. Mr. State Oates guy, he's piece of work, Russ. He doesn't know
1: anything. He's like Sergeant Schultz. Sergeant. Off the, <laughs> exactly. I know nothing.
2: The, I know nothing. I see nothing. Like after well, all of
1: this, how do how do you still do this pat down thing? Like how do you not think that that's inappropriate with everything going on? What's more amazing to me is the Alabama fans that still—I guess it shouldn't
2: surprise me—but the the pretzels that they have twisted themselves into over this whole
0: deal—it's an outrage. It's it's not surprising, and you know I'd say that thing—you know—that kind of thing can happen at just about any fan base, including this one. But boy, Alabama just the way they have been a case study and how not to handle things like this from a public relations standpoint Good. I mean, has been jaw dropping to the point where you just, I mean, is this over? Is that the last of it? Are they just going to keep quiet about it? And Brandon Miller goes pro and their team does whatever their team does. And it just sort of, we just sort of move on. Or is there another hole that they can somehow step into
2: i think when that happens is when this thing does go to trial and the state uh, puts all their evidence on uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, it, if it's gonna
0: really look really bad but at that worse. point he's in the nba it's out of their hands and that's what they're gambling on.
2: Like, I think what I think happened was, I think this preliminary hearing caught him by surprise. Like, I don't think they expected this to come out until long after the season was over. And I don't buy that. They didn't know about the text messages until the day of that hearing. Like, I think, cause I don't, I, I'm starting to wonder if Nate Oates is very bright because he basically admitted, uh, on the day that, that he was aware of it back, when it first happened.
1: And finally, at number five, uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin has bestowed the Friendship Award for (laughs) uh, Steven Seagal. He's a Russian citizen. Russian uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin on Monday bestowed a uh, a state decoration on Steven Seagal, the American action movie star, who, like Bear said, holds a Russian citizenship. The awarding of the Order of Friendship was announced on the Russian government's internet portal. The order recognizes people who Russia considers to have contributed to bettering international relations.
0: He must be very proud.
1: He was uh, also named back in 2018 as a Russian Foreign Ministry humanitarian envoy to the United States and Japan. Uh, Yeah, he's... um, doesn't he have like, or says that he's like a sheriff in like New Orleans or something? Well, not anymore because yeah, so. I think
2: he renounced his. The last story I saw on that that nut was that he had renounced his U.S. citizenship and was a Russia a citizen of the uh, of Russia, like officially.
1: Yeah, it's also weird. Steven Seagal actually visited uh, a Ukrainian town that was held by the Russians where dozens of Ukrainian prisoners of war were reportedly killed in an attack while Russia and Ukraine blamed each other. So he just like decided to show up, I guess, maybe show them some hand-to-hand combat techniques. And that's what he does.
0: Oh, man, uh, I don't, these these people that uh, you know cozy up to Putin and Russia, man, I, I just don't get it. Bad guys, man. I was listening to some podcasts about the one-year anniversary of the Ukrainian war over there. And, uh, you know, regardless of how much you think we ought to be supporting Ukraine, like I just don't, these people that are just falling all over themselves to side with Russia, man, it's gross. Yeah, and some of them, like, I
2: remember, I don't remember him specifically, but he was, if I'm not mistaken, he was head of the, the old KGB. Like back when it was the Soviet I mean he's a, he came up to the KGB at the you know, kind of the tail end of the Cold War, but the early eighties, into the nineties.
0: Well, he's just a total whack job. I know the, the Ukrainians might not be perfect and and but life's not perfect, man. It's not black and white, you know, and there can be worse and worser and Putin and it's definitely worser, man. I mean, all the tens of thousands of Women and children have been slaughtered because of that guy. It's just absolutely disgusting. And for you know, Steven Seagal, you just go ahead and you go live over there with them under their brand of neo-fascism or whatever they've got going on over there. Maybe pick yourself up a gun and go jump on the f- front lines there, Steve. If that's how you feel about it. Is that it, Marcus? I'm not for getting political. Fair.
2: It's pretty good. It, I, want, I was, uh, I'm not feeling bad about my my, my weird uh, arm story anymore. You kind
1: of, uh, you know, balance it out. All things must be even. Yeah. Each Russ is can. talking
2: about the slaughter of innocent women and children to start the five o'clock hour.
0: Thank you, Marcus. Hour number three underway here on Fan Run Radio. If you want to jump in. 865-546-8200, your number to get on board as uh, the festivities continue on. Uh, there's the sun popping out. A little windy earlier today, man. It was unsettlingly windy. You're like, what? what's going on here? Are we going to have a uh, tornado fly off over here? I mean, good grief. We got debris tumbling hmm. out through the yard. It's not good. Do we still have TJ, the Kentucky fan? Yes, we do. Let's get TJ in here. Good afternoon, TJ. You're on the drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Hi.
3: Hey, uh, Bear was telling me something about Rex. I completely missed that. Uh, I worked late today. But uh, here, here's my thing. I'm not going to apologize for my opinion. That's, that's the problem with, with today's culture is if your opinion doesn't line up with somebody, you better apologize or you're going to get in trouble. So I'm not going to apologize for my opinion. Now, if he does not believe what he was talking about on voluntary reaction the other night where 90% of people will call in and say he better play, if he does not believe he should play, then I will apologize. But if he's one of those 90% that, you know, hey, I mean, why would Alabama sit him? He needs to play. Then I, I – no. I I I think that Miller Kid should one hundred percent be suspended. Period. End of story. If you know, ne- I'm Bear, I'm with you. And I've apologized to you, Bear, when I've acted out. You have. You. you have. I can do it.
2: I will admit but that.
3: Bear, I'm with you. If that dude never brought that gun at all and just rolled over and went to sleep or went out with another buddy, that young lady would be alive today.
2: More than likely, yes. It wouldn't have destroyed, you know, God knows how many lives.
3: So, if you know, I I can't apologize for my opinion, especially when it comes to that being a father. I will not apologize for that opinion. But if he does not think that he should keep playing, then, yeah, in that case, okay. Yeah, me and you are on the same page, Rex. But other than that, no, I ain't doing it. Um, I figured we
2: were just going to chalk it up to you guys both being just absolutely destroyed when you guys called in Saturday night.
3: Yeah, I had a few. I was excited about the Kentucky game. You know, I, I know, but, man, I look, that's the best Kentucky game I've seen. And I'm not rubbing it in at all. I think they even played better against Auburn than they have both times against Tennessee. It was just they were all firing on cylinders, and I just – that was the happiest I've been in a long time.
0: Uh oh, Kentucky fans starting to feel themselves a little bit before the mm-hmm. tournament. Bear, do you want another shot at the Mildcats in in Nashville, or are you are you through with them? Uh, actually, I hadn't really thought about it.
2: Um, they're just Kentucky for whatever reason not a good matchup for us this year. Mm. It's weird. It's an outlier now. Because well, I mean, for the past yeah. uh, since Barnes has been here. You guys are clawing your way just to get back to five hundred with us. I didn't really you I see mean, that. Uh, my opinion of you guys had changed a little bit. I wasn't as you guys weren't weren't the mighty Wildcats anymore, more like the mildcats, so to speak. Well, I'm not trying to insult you or anything, TJ. Just the oh, state no, of your Jay, program fell off, you, and ours. I, no, I agree. with We we took your since, all's place at the table.
3: Since, well, I wouldn't say that. You still have zero Final Fours, but. Um,
2: no, in the SEC conference pecking order.
3: Okay, I'll give you that. But I agree with you. We we became a little mild cats uh, since that 2019 season got shut down. Um, but, you know, Party teams sometimes take a couple months to get used to it, find their role in, in the team, and they did. And uh, senior night's going to look a little different Wednesday. We've got six seniors going through uh, senior night. Stuff, but none of them have made a decision. All of them, except for Toppin, has the option to come back. So I ain't mad about that.
2: Is Sheboy finally out of eligibility?
3: No, he's got one more year if he wants it.
2: Figured he'd want to go ahead and start his professional boxing career or MMA.
3: No. Come on now. Hey, um,. Uh, Let's see, y'all think you could beat, let's see, y'all get to the SEC tournament, y'all gotta play Bama in the, what, fourth round, third round, whatever, do you guys think you can beat them, because Alabama doesn't look like that same team that they were just a few weeks ago, They've, they've got all this stuff going on, if the stars align, do you think you guys can take them?
1: I think it would be running. a
0: tight game. I mean, it's it's not going to be as easy as it was in Knoxville. and it, Not that it was easy in Knoxville, but I think it would be a close game. And we talked about this a little bit on voluntary reaction the other night. I mean, I, I think that Tennessee, you, you look at their season, they haven't won a lot of those grinded-out, hard-fought games where it comes down to the last four or five possessions and the last minute or two of the ball game. And Tennessee hasn't shown an ability to consistently win those games. Really, the only one they've won like that was the SEC opener at Ole Miss, which obviously they're not a very good team. Maybe I'm not giving them enough credit because Alabama was a pretty tight game and Tennessee pulled away in the last two minutes of them. But usually, and you know this from watching a bunch of good Kentucky teams have success in the postseason, TJ, you got to get on a run – you're going to be in a bunch of those games where it's 66 to 63 and you just got to manage those final possessions. And and man, that has not been Tennessee's strong suit this year.
3: Yeah, you make a good point, especially with that, because if you look at John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins, 2019, they had to beat Mississippi State in overtime for the SEC championship. And the 2012 national title game with Anthony Davis actually lost to Vanderbilt in the SEC championship game. So, good luck the rest of the way, y'all. Have a good night, man.
0: All right, thank you, TJ. Uh, shout out to Rocky Pops. He he's got a good one here as far as awkward miscommunications to end or begin an interaction. Yeah, what you got? Of course, uh, we uh, a lot of meet U2s. Uh, I had that'll do all this weekend. Still, uh, really cover myself in glory there. Uh, Rocky Pops says. Uh, whatever somebody says, what's up, man? And I respond, good. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I Th- think we've all been there, too.
2: Yeah. I'll tell you the best. If somebody tells you they love you, you just tell them, thank you.
0: Or uh, Yeah, or I love you. You too, man. That doesn't really make any sense.
2: No. It gets you in trouble if you're if it's your wife you're talking to. We
0: we've said that, though, before, right? You too, right? man. Somebody says, "Hey, I love you." Yeah, you too, bro. You too, man. Yeah. I really put that on the the person who initiates the first awkward "I love you," because mm. you're putting that in. My, I w- I wasn't ready for that. Okay, I was talking ready about for that level of interaction. I can say that, but I have to work up to it. I have to plan for it. You can't just tell me you love me and then expect me to spit it right back out at you, unless you're family right i mean
2: i kind of feel like you're talking to heraldo re- here russ just well, to be honest
0: with you I, i've learned to re- i've learned to expect it from him so it doesn't catch me off it's still a little awkward yeah well, we've all got friends who t- they, they say i love you and you're not quite ready for it and what happens you just, like uh sometimes you just say i love you too and that feels a little bit weird but sometimes i've done this before you say you too man have you ever done that? You too, man.
2: Yeah. And that it all the time.
1: <laughs> That's stupid.
2: Kind of. You too, man.
1: You ever have the scenario where feet beat on
2: your chest with your fist. Yeah, you too, man.
1: Where someone like waves at you or says something in your direction you think's directed at you, but it's not It's whoever's behind yeah. you. Oh yeah. You know what's fun to do when you're driving?
2: Is to randomly wave at people like like if you're on like, say for instance, like Lonus or some two lane road where you're kind of not dry, you're driving about thirty five. You know, like get all excited looking and waving at the person coming towards you the other way
1: just to watch their reaction. Whether they wave back. You've been doing a lot of waving to strangers recently, Bear.
2: Ah. Friendly guy. I'm trying this whole new friendliness
0: thing. Stay with us. The drive continues. Get back to these busy phone lines. Coming up next right here on Fan Run Radio. Fan Run Radio. The drive continues. 865-546-8200. Phil is next. Good afternoon, Phil.
4: What's up, Philly? How you bearing, uh, Mark Doing well. How are
0: you, sir? Well,
4: I don't know how to follow that last call. Uh, I'll say one thing. I hate Kentucky with passion. It's been Derek duly noted, Phil. I mean, they're really nothing but gutter scum. That's what they are. Oh, <laughs> tell us how you really feel. <laughs> I mean, you know the the you know what the common Fred or Alabama and Kentucky are. Rampant cheating. Well, that but what big figure in SEC history has a tie to both of them?
0: Hmm. Believe that would be one Paul Bear Bryant.
4: Yeah, there you go.
2: Sleaziest of the sleazies. <laughs> he killed those kids at Texas A&M. Them
4: to and practiced him to death. Lord. Yeah, I think he coached at Merlin, too. I mean, Burr Brown got around before he got to Alabama. But uh, wasn't Kentucky's favorite to win the league in the preseason?
0: I believe they were, yes. They were very highly rated.
4: And Arkansas was, I think, picked second, right?
2: Yeah. And then they didn't have they they're two best players they didn't have for most of this year so far, right?
4: Well they don't have nothing to do with what was going on during the season. I mean preseason wise. Uh yeah, Nick Smith got hurt and then the guy from transfer from Missouri got hurt that's uh the big guy they don't have. But Kentucky, uh they didn't start playing good until uh that transfer from Georgia who's no good and that white guy who shoots good every once in a while uh, once they got hurt Kentucky made their run and they're playing better ball now you know set
0: mhm i'm looking at uh so this is from november um 2022 SEC unveiled its 18th annual men's basketball coaches preseason all SEC first and second teams today so uh for tennessee Vescovy and Zakai Ziegler were first team All SEC selections. Now, there were, this is one of my pet peeves, but there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine players listed first team All SEC coming into the season. Nick Smith Jr. from Arkansas was one. He hasn't played much. Sheboy yeah. was one. Obviously, he's, that's deservedly so. But Severe Wheeler was named first team All SEC coming it. into the season. And, like, that, I mean, they're just better without him.
4: Yeah, they do. And Casey Wallace is uh, an elite player. He's not the greatest shooter in the world, but he's. Uh, you put Casey Wallace on Tennessee's roster, and we'd be still in the top 10.
0: Well, how, how's this for a joke? Uh, Brandon Miller's second team All SEC preseason, is voted by the coaches.
4: Well, I mean, Burden beat Cane Ridge in the state uh, when uh, Brandon Miller played Cane Ridge. Did you know that?
0: No, I didn't know yeah. that. South Carolina almost beat him last week. So, I mean, one player can win a basketball game all by himself. No, but uh,
2: if somebody's that good, you got a chance. But that's why I think we match up better against Alabama than we do Kentucky because if Jemai Meshack can, if we run into them again, if Jemai can play defense against that kid at the level he played, you know, last week, then we could absolutely
4: beat him. Yeah, and Alabama's guards are smaller than Kentucky's guards. Most of them, anyway. I just feel like Kentucky's
2: way underachieved this year. Is That' basically Guess what you're happen. saying, Russ. For sure.
4: That yeah, roster hot at the right time. Do you think Tennessee's going? What do you? Th- if you're a betting man, what, what these next two games? What do you? How do you think it'll go?
2: Honestly, Nine I think one. one. Yeah, one and one.
4: And Arkansas is the most winnable game here or, or at Buck Pearl? Oh, I think it's Arkansas here. Here's the
0: thing, though, Phil. I, I, I would take one and one right now because I think 0 and 2 is more likely than 2 and 0. So hmm. you, you yeah, need a that's win. That's one
2: way to look at it, isn't it? Here's the other part that I didn't realize until today until I saw it. I can't remember who tweeted it out. It was one of the basketball beat guys we all follow. But uh, if we go 0 and 2. Missouri Missouri's going to end – could end up overtaking us and getting that double bye. You yeah. Know? And that puts us playing a day earlier, which is, I think, you know, that's catastrophic. I'm not, I'm not saying we have to avoid it, but I'm putting any kind of conditions on it, but it's going to definitely put us behind the eight ball. If they well, do that you –
4: Well, know, honestly, now that we've won this tournament, uh, if we go one-on-one tournament and get home and rest, I'd rather do that than go down there and you rather be tell just, your uh, –
2: Sitting at home the rest of the weekend, just waiting for the selection yeah, committee. Yeah,
4: I mean, I don't want to be gas going in an NCAA tournament. I wonder if that Tennessee win that tournament last year has an effect on the NCAA tournament.
2: I don't know, man. They came out and like so been... good in that first game of the tournament last year, and just it, they hadn't missed a beat from how they were playing in the SEC tournament last year. Phil, I don't I mean, know. they just ran up on that Michigan team.
4: Well. I got some breaking news for you guys. Did you see where the uh, 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 coronavirus was invented in Ch- uh, lab in China? Breaking news. See ya. Wuhan, Phil. Wow. Uh, yeah. Doctor,
0: Dr. Philly. Didn't see that one coming. Mm-mm. Thought uh, we were past all that talk, but evidently not. I don't think any of us are shocked about that revelation today. I'm Has certainly that been not. confirmed? I just don't know what to believe I, anymore.
2: I, I think they're saying pretty much that they're hey, they're not not totally confirmed, but I mean, it's, the government's basically saying, yeah, it's probably what happened. So, didn't come from
0: anybody. So the, the, the whole world changed. Just some some somebody some dude in maybe, a made an oopsie.
2: Yeah, somebody <laughs> didn't decon maybe didn't decontaminate correctly. Leaving one oh. night, kind of tired. Rub their nose, and boom, millions of people die. And it completely upends the world. That's so what note, happens, though. It's been a dark edition of the drive, I feel like. At times, yes. At times, it has been. I've been told that I need to apologize, Russ, for something. What's that? I've been told that I need to apologize to uh, West High School and they're alumni and current students.
0: I mean, I don't, I don't need apology from you. You can if you want to. I mean, if you no, want I to will never. Thing, change.
2: I will never. I'm just stunned that somebody tried to tell me that I need to apologize to West. You guys are 0-5 against us in basketball right now. Oh, out of your last five, Russell. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it.
0: How are things looking at the Butch Bowl this year? (laughs) We lost several kids in the
2: transfer portal. Apparently, Dave Matthews is bringing his band back together over there.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: It's rough. We're looking good in basketball, though. guys yeah, do it the right way over there.
2: Young Luke Smith. Luke Smith absolutely does. Took over for legendary uh, high school basketball coach Mike Hutchins. Luke Smith at the helm now. Got several D1 prospects on that team.
0: Let's, uh, are you done yet? <laughs> I'm finished, man. I'm sorry. Westchester is next good afternoon Westchester how are we doing gentlemen? doing well how are you sir
5: well i'm uh am I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I was starting to uh I started to reach for the cup. I was beginning to believe the uh, rumor mill hysteria that this Vitello thing was gonna turn into something worse than we than anyone could imagine just because it was Tennessee but uh could we actually did we actually win one in the, with the NCAA for once,
0: I don't know. I mean, they they don't make announcements when these things are are over. Our friend Trey uh, reported earlier that you know he's even though Vitello is back and Maui is back, that the NCAA is still investigating Vitello for this and maybe some other things. So, I mean, it's still so possible good. that they could come back and say. Well, we're suspending him for X number of games. By the way, I need to make a correction. Earlier in the show, I said um, we were making the comparison to Bill Self and that he had been suspended last year and ended up winning the national championship. He was actually suspended this year. So he won last year and then got suspended. I guess I'm getting my dates wrong on this stuff. But um, I hope it's over. I hope it's done with. I hope that it's clear sailing ahead. But you just never know with these guys, Westchester.
5: Is it completely out of balance to say that this is kind of a uh, a cultural? This is based on like the, the reason the NCAA is digging into this is they've got it out for Tennessee because of their their baseball culture and how they're you know quote unquote ruining the game and they're looking for some reason to to nail Tony Vitello because they hate what he how he's quote you know ruining the game and all that baloney.
0: I mean, I I do think there's some of that going on. Yes. I mean, you've heard Vitello on this show basically said that the NCAA sent people to spy on them, to watch on their dugout during the NCAA Super Regionals and um, to to rein in their on-the-field behavior. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that I don't know that there's a conspiracy against him. As much as there's just, you know, there's, there's a good old boys club, uh, the Blue Bloods, whatever you want to call it, and they don't like it when a guy's young, upstart guy like this comes in and starts ruffling feathers. And uh, Rick Butler had a great term for it, earlier. he's a disruptor. You know, he's come into uh, the sport that was kind of settled and there's a pecking order and yeah, different teams win and everything. But generally it's Vandy, South Carolina, the Mississippi schools, LSU kind of running the thing and Tennessee hasn't shown much of an interest quite frankly in the sport since 2005 and now this guy comes in this young guy that nobody's ever heard of never been a head coach before and he just elbows his way to the front of the line and you've got all these old (laughs) fuddy duddies out there saying well wait a minute uh this this isn't how this is supposed to go and now you've got them uh going out and, and snitching to the NCAA which is what sounds like what's happening here and um yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that got their knives out for Tony Vitello and his program.
5: Guys, uh, speaking of uh, successful programs at Un- uh, the University of Tennessee, while not a while not a sanctioned university uh, sport, um, there are ice hockey clubs on the way to the national championship game national championship
1: tournament i'm so glad you said this i was wanting to bring this up earlier why didn't you it's the okay. ice falls well because you guys would have bashed me for talking probably, about
2: probably but when's that ever stopped you before marcus yeah the uh the ice falls russ have made it have qualified for nationals
5: hey russ where's that where's that tournament played at
1: the frozen four
5: no it's not it's not it's not the it's not the official
1: one. Oh, i know what you're about to say westchester they're playing in westchester pennsylvania Oh. Yes, they are.
5: I even texted you that set up earlier, Ralph. Come on.
0: It's late in the show. My attention is starting to wane. I apologize. The frozen oh, so floor? You're turning it into bear? Is
5: that
2: a Westchester? <laughs> Good day, sir.
0: Getting sensitive. <laughs> Tennessee, according to Joe Lunardi's latest NCAA bracketology, which was updated uh, Saturday. So, um, this is before the win over South Carolina. He's got Tennessee as a three seed, playing in Greensboro against 14 seed Eastern Washington. Could certainly live with that. Uh, would play the winner of San Diego State and West Virginia. Which, yeah, I mean, that'd be a tough game, but I, pretty good odds to make the Sweet 16 out of there, I would say. Huh. Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing about it. I mean, there's when
2: you start looking at, you can put, your, put Tennessee in any number of spots, and the bottom line is you're going to have to beat at least one. You're going to have to beat a decent team to make it to the
0: Sweet 16, if
2: not good. I mean, it's NCAA yeah. tournament,
0: man. I don't know. I, I'm sure I, I've been following this closely, but West Virginia's on 11 seed, so they're not doing very well. This, I mean, they're probably on the bubble. And then San Diego State is the sixth seed, and that's one of those weird things. Again, this might be sloppy analysis here because I don't know much about either team, but in that situation, like I would be more worried about playing the 11 seed than the sixth seed. Is my initial thought on that. Just because Bob Huggins in a one-game situation? I don't know. I feel like historically speaking,
2: San Diego State sounds like the kind of team that would just absolutely, especially coming as a sixth seed. You don't
0: want any part of?
2: Yeah. my my The, the Jerry Green years are, are stirring, you know, nightmarish memories.
0: Let's take a, a quick break right here. We'll come right back jamie and brad coming up next we'll wrap things up the drive continues on fan run radio stay with us (music) fan run radio the drive continues final segment as uh, the sun comes out it's turned into a beautiful early evening here in east tennessee today uh, before we get back to the phones here for this final segment here, Jerry Palm has his latest Bracketology out, and this was updated this morning, Bear. Let's hear it, Russ. where's Mr. Palm have us? He's got Tennessee as a four seed. What?
2: How well, you going to do that to us, Jerry? Jerry always does that to us, man.
0: I'm not saying he's got <laughs> – He always a, does this to he us. He
2: always has us one seed below where we as a fan base think we should be. One, he's got us one number on a line. Well, last
0: year was Lunardi was the one who got the wrath of Fall Nation.
2: Yeah, because number one, Jerry Palm can is, is not crazy enough to get on ESPN and just boldface lie, and he can he has a, a cogent argument for why he puts everybody where it's hard to argue with. Like when I hear Jerry Palm's, I'm like, damn, we're probably a four seed then, because he's usually pretty right on it.
0: That was amazing. How quickly that went from Jerry <laughs> Palm is a complete idiot who doesn't know how he's talking about to Jerry Palm makes a lot of sense. Well, no, what I'm what I'm saying is, as a fan, you hate to hear it, but if I'm being honest with myself, he's
2: probably pretty accurate given our performance. So in the tournament, year in and year out.
0: So I don't. know, so, Net
2: ranking still has us at number four, dude.
0: Well, I'll I'll tell you what's interesting is the Palm has Tennessee playing. A, it'll be 13 seed Southern Miss. And then you Get would play the winner of the five twelve game between 5-seed San Diego State and 12-seed VCU. So you could be playing San Diego State in both situations.
2: Huh. That's interesting.
0: Oh, we're part of VCU. But the, the problem is, the problem here is, and I, I don't know, maybe it's not a problem. It depends on how you look at it. In the Lunardi bracketology today, he's got you a 3-seed. And uh, if you get to the Sweet 16, you would presumably be playing two-seed Kansas State. In the Palm scenario, you're a four-seed. If you're able to get to the Sweet 16, you would be uh, presumably playing one-seed Kansas. I don't know who I'd rather play in that scenario. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I guess you've already got the film on, on Kansas. You've yeah. already beaten them once in a neutral site.
2: Yeah. I'll tell you who's really slipping. I don't know if you – I know we got to get to the phones quick here, but uh, Purdue is slipping and sliding.
0: Worse than – really worse than us. Did you see some of those buzzer beaters this week? Did you see the NBA one last night? No, but I saw that kid from Arizona
2: State. Who, yeah. I mean, that ball barely touched the net. I mean, he –
1: Zoom that thing in there. Do you see the Boston 76er one, Russ? That's what I, yeah,
0: that's what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, the other one was Saturday. So Jason Tatum hit a three like with a few seconds left. And then Embiid like, tossed one down from the other three-point line, makes it. But he was his foot was still on the it ground was, with a point second left. It was like from the free throw line. Yeah, it was it, like it was not like hitting the rim and just barely went in. It was a beautiful shot. Just, yeah, know. it was crazy. Joel's like super duper strong. Yeah, was he even that far with any accuracy? Just a point second from tying it to force overtime. Literally a uh, point second.
0: Let's go to the phones here, Jamie, and then Big Orange Brad. What's up, Jamie?
6: Marcus, you said he had his foot on the ground. You mean he had his finger on the ball, right?
1: Oh yeah. What well, yeah, you know? Let's not have been yeah. drinking on Saturday. Let's not represent my accuracy from watching that game.
0: I didn't. I, I watched it a couple times, Jamie. I didn't think it was that close. I thought it was. It
6: well, was, it, uh, it, live we as a Celtics pleasure. fan, I thought it was good.
0: <laughs> but um, he made the mistake of deciding to take one dribble.
5: You gotta
1: yeah, be aware.
0: Yeah, yeah, he didn't. He was not a not good awareness on his part. So did they count it or and, not? No, 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 it didn't count. He it was just he he didn't get it off in time. But it was
6: you know half a second later.
2: Yeah, but you say he shouldn't going, have you know, dribbled, but he might have. He might have needed that one bounce to get everything set. It's a good point. Might he have, have had
6: the momentum to, to get launch shot that off. I
2: mean, how far is that?
6: Tatum left him the window. Tatum, uh, no need to take that shot that early. I don't know. He's been in the league long enough to know to not believe any time on the clock if you want to be a legend like Larry. Um,
0: <laughs> not quite there Russ, yet, huh?
6: No, not yet. Russ, are we seeing Dave Bliss
2: out here in Bama? Oh, no, it's not that bad.
6: Is it not? There's death.
3: There's murder. Uh,
2: it's. It, he's not having players um, besmirch the name of a teammate that had been murdered by another teammate. It's – no, he kind of made light of it though, Bear, by saying wrong no. place, wrong time. Yeah, I mean he's, I mean, get, don't get me wrong, he's handled it. And Russ said earlier, a jaw-droppingly bad from a PR standpoint. But you cannot compare, uh, compare it to the Baylor situation.
6: I don't know. We can revisit that. I, I, I want y'all a little, a little homework because it's, uh, it's slimy as hell when murder's involved, and you kind of brush, brush oh, it on. Oh, for he, sure. He,
2: i not but, but, but that. Barry,
6: my, my thing is, when he said, we've known about this, and, and the guy plays every game, it's like, wait a minute, hang on.
2: Because he's uh, not charged with anything, and the police are saying they're not going to charge him. They did nothing. They didn't do anything criminal. So yeah. Alabama's going to take the PR hit. I mean, the, the thing at Baylor, that's like an episode of Dateline, isn't it, Russ? How twisted that whole deal got.
0: I believe it actually was an episode of Dateline, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) Really? At least a 30 for 30 about it.
2: I'd Hmm. like
6: to see that. I I think I may miss that if that's the case. Uh, But that's interesting. Um, Guys, I know you got one more more guy waiting, so I just want to say that um, I was watching that slam dunk contest last weekend, and and I was thinking, (laughs) this is the guy that Barnes didn't want on the team. I thought that kind of offensive flashiness was not what we wanted.
0: What was that all about well he's from from gate city virginia up there tri-cities area mac McClung, and uh you know tennessee was not the only program in that area that passed on him as far as i know virginia didn't want him virginia tech didn't want him john calipari didn't want him they were Wake, close wasn't it? Uh, rick Barnes didn't want him the north carolina schools didn't want him obviously he could have played here he could have played anywhere he's an nba player he's a great player and I wish he had come here. Wish we had gotten him. But to me, it's one of those stories. It's like uh, we see this in football a lot, where uh, you know, you let this local kid get away. It's like, yeah, but everybody else let him get away too.
6: Yeah, fair. That's fair, uh, guys. If we get healthy, uh, if we get everybody back, Josiah, Jordan, James, and Phillips, man, I, uh, I can see us making making us a nice little run here. Um, just from the way this team plays defense, um, it, it, you know. Some some days your your shots aren't falling, but if you can clamp down like the the balls have shown they've been able to do this year, you can make a noise. So I'll get out of
0: the way for the next caller. Y'all take it easy. Thank you, Jamie. Appreciate it.
2: Fortunately, our next caller dropped. Ooh, sorry, Jamie. Wah, wah, wah. So did you get your problem taken care of there at the house?
0: Uh, it's being addressed currently. They find it. Uh, we'll have an update for you later. Stuff
1: nightmares are made of. Russ, I've Mm -hmm. got a a bit of an update for you. Okay. I did not get to see Cocaine Bear this weekend, but I am. I am this evening. I don't work tonight. tonight? Okay. I'm gonna go tonight and watch Cocaine Bear. I'll have a a review of it tomorrow.
2: I've heard it. The review. The one review I saw was so bad that
1: it's hysterically funny. I love that. I love that. Legendary,
2: like Super Troopers, or
1: yeah. It's
2: uh, dumb funny.
1: I enjoy those kind of movies. You
2: going to go see it, Russ?
1: Uh, Probably not.
2: <laughs> you wait till it's streaming somewhere? Or are you just not going to watch this film?
0: Uh, I'll wait. You know, if it's good and gets good reviews, I'll probably watch it. I, I don't feel like Cocaine Bear is the kind of movie that I have to see in the theater. You know, I don't feel like the cinematic experience is essential to watching it.
1: I don't know.
2: 800 pound black bear geeked out of its gourd on pure Colombian marching powder on the mm. big screen with A Dolby.
1: Me just shoving popcorn in my face, enjoying every second of it.: Did you see the um,
0: uh, did you guys see the last of us last night?:
1: No, I, I've stalled out. I haven't watched any more after three. I've missed uh, last night's episode, but I'm going to watch that later. Is it, is it a good episode? Yeah I know it's a flashback one.
0: Yeah, I was kind of disappointed. I, I'm ready to move the story along.
1: I just don't I don't think anything will ever top three
2: for me, so I've decided I may stop watching the show.
1: It's <laughs> a weird thing to do. It was a great hour of television, man. Yeah, it's fantastic, but the rest of the show's been really good, too.
0: David on Twitter says, Southern Miss versus Tennessee would be the Donnie Tyndall Bowl.
2: <sighs> it would. Corey, uh, that's in that old... Uh, Old-time drive guest back in the day, uh, Corey Gunkel, the Fighting Gunkels of Southern Mississippi. He's a big Southern Miss fan. Well, he gets all sheepy on Twitter over his –
0: It's still my dream that uh, Rick Barnes coaches for another two or three years just as Donnie Tyndall's show cost expires and we can bring Big Don home.
2: (laughs) You constantly – this is what kills me about you. You constantly talk about – one of the things you appreciate about Barnes is – Whenever he does decide to step down and, and you know retire and just start enjoying his, his you know enjoying his golden years, that we're gonna we've never been in this position with a program this healthy and attractive to pretty much the sky's a limit on who we could get. Yet you're wanting a two year, in two years Rick Barnes to step down to hire Donnie Tindall,
0: who's good been coach man
2: coming off a ten year show cause.
0: Everybody the, deserves a second chance.
2: One of the worst cheaters in the history of cheating.
0: Redemption song, Bear.
2: He doesn't even know what a burner phone is.
0: Don't need one anymore. NIL, baby.
1: You could get the redemption of Chris Beard over Donnie Tendl. No thanks on that one. All right, that's going to do
0: it for us. Overtime headed your way next for Bear and Marcus. I'm Russell Smith. We'll do it again tomorrow right here on Fan Run Radio.